0: What's going on in your brain that's making you act in this disempowered, boring way, or whatever way you are, that is not contributing to the growth of your relationship? And now,
1: hey, <laughs> I'm the captain now. Coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California. This sounds great. You sound amazing. I always
2: sound amazing.
1: It's the world famous. Everybody's getting off like BFS. Chris and Christine show. hey what's happening everybody how are you doing today you know thank you so much for listening and i am chris
2: and i'm christine and welcome to episode 133 of the chris and christine show whoa
1: 133 episodes you know i remember like 100 episodes ago it sounds like almost like 100 years ago is that i think we started doing like our first batch of interviews was... was it really
2: that far back
1: I think right around. I remember episode one hundred and thirty issues when we had. I think was like what, one of our first. Yeah, or we started having a string of interviews. Okay,
2: so what we need to do now before we come on next week is we need to count up a total of how many interview guests that we've had. Because we need to know when we've hit the one hundred guest mark. I think that would be so fun. That
1: would be amazing. And I think about it. Now, Does Ezekiel and Jacob count as guests?
2: Um. Well, I mean, they're guests on the show, but I think guest interviews is what I wanted to count up, like how many guests we've interviewed.
1: Okay. Sorry, Zeke and Jacob, you are real guests, but
2: uh, but they're also not part the of, the of the podcast a- fam. Oh, that
1: is true. So, you, so like me interviewing you wouldn't count as a guest, or
2: no? Mom, I think mom, that dad? it's outside of family. Oh, that's mm-hmm. outside of family. I think official guests. You, know, you make things so complicated.
1: Well, I know the rules. I'm oh playing the game, word. you know?
2: You know what? This is like par for the course this weekend is, okay, now we have to tell a story before we go into everything. We're going to tell the little story of me having to teach Chris how to take an at-home COVID test yesterday. Right, and what that experience was like for me, I would love for you to interview me about this.
1: Okay, honey, m- remember when I asked you? Hey, I've never used. I mean, I've I've taken a COVID test before, but I've never like gone through the process, and I'm horrible at instructions and figuring out. Like when I was younger, trying to build Lego sets, I could never figure that out. Like models and stuff, never, I'm horrible at that. Okay,
2: stuff. so you so were when, supposed to ask me so I'm gonna how ask the process you, went.
1: So ask you how was the process for you teaching me how to how to use the. COVID test.
2: Well, let's start with, I hand, I picked up the box that had two tests in it, and I opened the box. And the minute I opened the box, what did you say to me?
1: I said, did I already have a box that
2: was already open you could have used? And what I heard was, did you open the box? And I was <laughs> like, yes, Chris, you have to open a box. Get out of here. And then away. I literally... Oh my gosh. If you guys would have been here watching this, you would have been like, is he really joking right now? Like, he can't be this clueless because it was all the way down to you couldn't even open the little plastic pouch that the little squeezy bottle was in to put the liquid. I literally had to, like, hand you the scissors, and then I had to tell you. No, turn the scissors around so that you're cutting them on the right side. You have, like, upside down. It was was horrible. (laughs) Yesterday was quite a challenging day. We're not going to go into all of the details right now. We'll update you next week when we have, like, closed the loop on the craziness that yesterday yes, the was the crazy
1: the crazy uh sandwich yeah
2: it was literally like a crazy sandwich but it was like instead of it just being like a thin slice of crazy turkey in the center it was like a mile high it was just i mean the day ended on a high note but man the whole rest of the day was and just that rough. day
1: if you're familiar, if you're not listening to this on the day we're releasing it which you're probably not but it was saturday
2: yeah saturday the 11th of june was uh, a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day until about 5.30 p.m. And today
1: is Sunday, and you were supposed to go to the fair today. What happened? You need to go to the fair today? Well, we need to go
2: back first to the COVID test. The COVID test. Okay, well,
1: good news was is that we're well, both,
2: we're the both co- negative. The, yes, we were testing for the purposes of socializing with friends that are very, very, very careful around COVID because they've had multiple family members that they've lost to, uh, to COVID in general. And so... We always respect their wishes. We mask up. We test before we see them. Otherwise, we know that we don't stay within six feet. It's just, you know, we love our friends and we want to make sure that they feel comfortable. So it took us 10 minutes just to get to the point of being able to swab your nose yeah? Yeah. It took us 10 minutes to get to that point, honey. You know and what? then 15 hey, I, minutes, we had I'm to wait. Not a, I'm not
1: a scientist. You know, I'm not a doctor. I, you know, you're the doctor. You know, I'm a mad scientist, maybe, but not a uh, real scientist. No, but you
2: are an adult, and you know how to read.
1: So I'm trying to figure out the instructions. Right. The so very first time I had to take this COVID test, actually, I was trying to give one to Mason, or was it Jacob?
2: It was Mason, and then you threw a fit, and you refused I to could, do it.
1: I couldn't figure it out. Like I'm looking at the instructions, like, I don't want to screw this up. Like I'm, I think I'm going to do it wrong. Honestly, I didn't know... You put the drops in that little petri dish thing. I thought you swabbed the little stick thing on there. That's why I thought you did. You
2: I- are the reason why they create videos. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like uh, scan this code and get a three minute video. Because I think, well, I think what it is, is you're a very visual person. Yes. And if you can see it visually, yes. then you can replicate it. But it's like just reading the instructions or somebody telling you orally, you, just, you tune out after like one word. Well, no,
1: no, I do like the oral instructions when it comes to the GPS uh, guidance when I'm driving because I can't stare at the little GPS map while I'm driving. I have to like focus on the road. So as I do that, I like the little uh, –
2: Help me, s- friends. The Suri- me. The Siri lady
1: <laughs> – or guide, we can be whatever you want it to be. I like it when they say, "Turn left at the next light." This light go past this light. Make a left here. Make a right there. I like that because I'm like, I can focus and like, it's almost like someone's telling me, like, "Hey, I'm gonna tell you to get home, and this is how you, you know." You it's go. because you
2: get so preoccupied with your thoughts, you literally have to have somebody interrupting you. Whereas for me, the GPS has to stay silent, and I just like peek over, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, I know that in a mile or two, I'm gonna need to turn." Yes, this is the definition of the difference of the two well, of us you know, in our relationship.
1: Do you know that some of the fancier cars have those pop-up GPSs like on the hood, like on the, on the, in the glass, but they're like, like almost like three dimension. Like Oh, sit. that's weird. Yeah. Um, that would be scary. The newer BMWs have that since like... Is it five, like a...
2: What do they call almost it? Almost like a VR...
1: Yeah, kind of but just like a hologram pop-up display I think they call it it pops up a display on the glass but it looks like when you're sitting in the driver's seat that the actual display is like just right on your hood like right over your hood it's like a little the gps or the miles per how fast you're going what that's it,
2: so crazy yeah I don't, know. I don't that. know that would that would trip me up that's like being in a video game it would be it is
1: yeah, exactly like being in a video game
2: yeah well, okay, so we were COVID negative. I survived being able to teach you how to do an at-home test. I guarantee that the next time that I ask you to do an at-home test, it's going to be the same exact scenario because you never remember.
1: <laughs> I don't remember anything. Uh, I'm like, okay, so I, so I take the little no- uh, spray nozzle, put up your nose, spray, and then no, wipe, what? and then wipe. That's how you do it. You wipe, what? it, and then you take the boogers and you blow it into okay, the tray. Okay. Right, you're
2: just. Okay. That's
1: how you do it, right? No. You're
2: just really trying to get under my skin today. For, you know You
1: know what's funny? Had I not read the instructions, had you not shown me how to do it, I honestly would take the thing in the bathroom and, and urinated on it.
2: What? <laughs> so there it is. Okay. Chris, family-friendly podcast here. <laughs> it's like a pee test, right? Like a drug test. Oh my gosh. Did you see that, that video that's going around no. on TikTok and on Instagram right now? <laughs> what is it? There's this chick. She walks in to her boyfriend and she hands him a pregnancy test. <laughs> And then he like goes, why are you over here? Why are you giving this to me right now? And she's like, what? And he's like, why would you come over here? You know, I have a concert to go to. Like, why would you show me this right now? And she because it had the, the two lines on it. And it didn't say like pregnant or not pregnant. It had the two lines on it. And he's like, you know that my grandma, she's like old and she's sick. And the girl's like, I don't understand. Like, why are you upset right now? He didn't get it was a pregnancy (laughs) test and not a positive COVID test. Well, everyone's so
1: used to (laughs) look, identical to each other. They look very similar. But he
2: got, like, all kinds of hate mail about it. It was big on the internet this week where it was like, "Uh, man. Hate mail? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, people were like, why were you reacting like that? They didn't understand that he thought that it was a positive COVID test. But even when they thought that, you know, he should respond, like, trying to take care of her, but he was like, Why are you showing me this right now? You know I'm supposed to go out with the guys and blah, blah, blah. It was bad. (laughs) But back to your question about the fair.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, Christine was supposed to go to the San Diego County Fair today being Sunday. Yeah. So, how was it, babe?
2: Oh, you know I didn't go. What? This is like the whole weekend from – it was like one billion things went wrong. So, I had planned to have a styled shoot – which is where you go... I mean, we talked about it last week. The styled shoot at the fair with the model and the photographer. Well, the model got COVID. So, the shoot was Speak canceled. of the devil, you know? I know. Literally. So the shoot was canceled, but I was able to – I would already purchased the flowers. I was able to use them for my friend's birthday that we went to last night. That's
1: where they went. The flowers went for that. So I wonder where those flowers came from. Like, you went wall out. (laughs) these fancy flowers for your friend's birthday. You are an amazing friend. That was amazing. Well, they
2: were gorgeous, gorgeous flowers, and I have some of them in the cooler, so I need to bring them out and put them to good use in our house this week. How is that cooler working out for you, by the way? It's going great. I mean, I'm nervous to see what the – Energy bill is going to be. No, I'm nervous. what the energy <laughs> bill is going to be. No, because I've got to pay the difference out of my business. But I am nervous to see what it's going to be. But I do need to go and clear everything out and then shut it off for the week because I don't need to run it again until the 24th. Right.
1: So basically, you can shut it down. when you're not, It's not like a 24 7 running, only when you have flowers in there. But, right. But when you don't have any flowers in there, what's the point of keeping it, you know?
2: Exactly. A, there's nothing in
1: there. And uh, how long did it take you to actually cool it down? Like 30 minutes? Eight minutes eight minutes so that's really nothing you know yeah
2: i did take the temperature up just a little bit but i got these really beautiful garden roses listeners check them out online because they are so gorgeous they're called country blues but they're not blue there's like this deep like pinky purple very roughly looking rose it is so gorgeous when it opens up i saw them and i was like I have to have these. I've never seen that variety before.
1: Country Blues. Huh? Country
2: Blues was the name of it. And I think it's just. Every rose has a different name. Right. And so I just loved the name. And a thorn, too, I heard. Well, not all of them have thorns. Uh, What? I guess not. Yeah, but these ones, and these ones don't have thorns, but they are so beautiful, called country blues. I'm going to bring them in and put them in one of my vases in the house.
1: You know, I heard when they do actually do open up, you get your dog back, you get your wife back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think so, too. Those country blues. (laughs) I was thinking about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, the... Styled shoot didn't work out today, but we were able to repurpose the flowers, which was great. You know,
1: it's funny. The San Diego County Fair, I heard this year, it is like the first year has come back since COVID shut it down. Right. And because it first year coming back after COVID shut it down, they decided to like jack their prices. You didn't up.
2: hear that. You're just coming to that assumption on I your own. I saw it
1: on Instagram today.
2: No, you didn't. Yes, I'm going did. to look it up it right was, now. It was from the news. No, they it wasn't. Every,
1: okay. Nahara, quote me. Okay. I, listen to this. I heard that a pizza. Like, Supreme Pizza is going for $50.
2: Where? <laughs> at the fair. Uh, what uh, Supreme Pizza. First of all, why would you buy a pizza at the fair? I don't
1: know. That's so what they mentioned. And they said that the uh, Aussie uh, p- potatoes uh-huh. went up about a couple bucks. Okay. And what else do they say? I didn't mention about ticket prices, but I do know that the Costco fare package-
2: You don't. You only know that because I saw because it.
1: Because Christine saw it. You Thank you very much. She saw- We usually get the uh, ticket package at Costco because you can get a bundle of tickets and ride tickets and stuff for like a reasonable price. It cuts the price down to like, I don't know, 12, 15 bucks per person if you do the math on it. But Christine saw it. It was almost
2: $100. It was. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking it up right now. So the San Diego County- fair for adults from 13 to 61, if you go on Wednesday and Thursday, it's $15. It's $20 on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays.
1: $20 is not too bad. $20,
2: but for a family of five, I mean, well, okay, so for, let's, let's break it down for the Costco packet. Okay, so it was four adult admission tickets, which is 13 to 61. So, actually, there's only three adults in our family, so that's, you know, Anyways, it would have been $20 plus, oh, $60 plus 24 So that's 84 Let me look up the parking. So you keep talking while I look that so I up. I believe the
1: parking is probably 20 to $30, but I could be way off on that because parking has been crazy. You know, when you parked the, the baseball game, I think it was like $30 per car. Oh my God. That's just nuts. you know, it is
2: crazy. So I think that. It's just like a convenience thing when you buy from the Costco pack kind of things. But here you have to like look by the specific day. And now the San Diego County Fair has gone completely uh cashless. That's
1: what I heard. Even for like the prize games and stuff, those are always cash.
2: Yeah. So it's fifteen dollars for parking, twenty dollars yeah. a person, so then forty ride tickets. So technically, okay. So if it's four tickets and they're twenty dollars each, That's then you're at bucks. eighty bucks. Right. And then Unless you went on one of the other days like a Wednesday, Thursday, and then you're actually only paying like fifteen. So then eighty bucks plus fifteen for parking, that's ninety-five right there. And then they give you four uh forty ride tickets, which to get on a ride, it's normally like eight tickets. So you get basically right, yeah. the you're basically just getting the games for free. Forty tickets for free, but everything else you're paying for. You don't full get price. games with
1: those, those tickets. Yeah, are- yeah.
2: It had forty, I looked at it. It's it was forty game credits. Oh yeah, that's, but, a, that's something different. Yeah, but I don't know what the game credits cost. I don't think that they're uh, one for a dollar. But
1: right, each credit's like three cents or <laughs> whatever. I get to the math on that. Yeah,
2: but if you go up for a ride and it's like uh, eight, you know, eight credits and you have forty, then it's like all of you get on one ride. So well, basically- that's what I do with the
1: kids. I used to give give the kids those uh, tickets and they ride all the kitty ones and the kitty kitty rides were usually like. Like less tickets, like four tickets or five tickets for the kiddie ones. uh uh-huh. And the more adult rides were usually like the eight to ten <laughs> What ten is t- a
2: more adult ride? That sounds like the ones that goes inappropriate. Up, the ones
1: that flip you around and get you dizzy. I call them the vomit rides, you know? The,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the
1: ones they you know, the, the hurl-whirl, whirl, hur- whirl to your hurl. Oh, those
2: the tilt-a-whirl kind of thing? Tur-
1: tur- tur- tilt-a-hurl is what I
2: call it. <laughs> Hurl-a-whirl. <laughs> yes.
1: I've been on a couple of those things, too. So those are um, always fun and dangerous, you know? That's car- And those carnies are those places, too. They're kind of shady. You know?
2: Carnies? We call them
1: carnies. You know, the, guys that, the carnies is guys that like work the fairgrounds. I didn't even they know live, that's they what they're tra- called. They live in trailers and they, and they go to the fair and they do the rides and stuff, you know? Oh. I mean, these are A-class characters. Let me tell you, these guys are, <laughs> <laughs> these are the kind of guys who want babysitting your newborn. You know
2: what I'm saying? <laughs> You're too much. Okay. So right now, uh, 40 tickets is going for $50. So, I guess you're getting, you know, $50 worth of tickets for free. So, maybe it's not such a bad deal, but there's, um, like, these pay one price wristbands that you can get on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Um, We're all off on the weekends, you know? I know, know? but... You know, I guess if you're like a kid and you're on summer vacation, it might not be a bad idea. Or a
1: teacher who's off for summer vacation.
2: Yeah. What's that? I know. (laughs) What's that all about? Yeah. So those ride wristbands on Wednesdays and Thursdays. It's $49 and it's for unlimited rides and two free games. And you have to redeem it by 6 p.m. and you ride until 8 p.m. on Wednesday and Thursday only.
1: I think I've done that one time one night. It was like a Friday night or something goofy night and they did that like. Bringing a Pepsi can, and you got like uh, you bought. It was like twenty bucks, but like all you can ride with a wristband kind of thing, like the mm-hmm. dude, like you know Disneyland or whatever. So crazy and busy, always oh, good times. Though, let me tell you.
2: Well, I just it goes to goes to show, like looking at that Costco pack, that everything is going up in price. Even the, everything, especially gas. Oh, well, I mean, everybody knows that, but it's everything across the board right now, and you know, I just think that we need to start growing our own food.
1: Yes, and then maybe draw, growing our own gas, too. Growing our
2: no. own gas. <laughs> Is well, as evidenced by the fact that we have multiple boys in this house, I hear them growing their oh, own gas. Oh, no. <laughs> Just not the kind that you can put in your car. <laughs>
1: you know, it's, speaking of cars and electric cars, a guy at work bought a Tesla. He's got a Tesla at home, you know. And He was telling me, the, uh, show me the report. Wait, uh, a I'm,
2: gas tanker driver bought a Tesla? Yeah, I don't no, understand.
1: I know. Hopefully he still has a job tomorrow. But Do you, you guys know, have
2: a charging station? Yeah, no, we don't. Come on. <laughs> Not
1: at all. But anyway, it's so dumb. I know. So anyways, he's got the, his couple two guys at work. I heard got electric cars. Oh my gosh, just nuts. So so um, you show me that on the app. You show, should get fired. I know. Okay, hey now. <laughs> so he showed me on the app like the amount because I guess this app shows you it equates like what you pay for energy in the area to how much the the Tesla app figures all this out. Like, how much you're actually paying for a charge. I want to know. Oh, okay. Got it. Like, how much does it cost to fill up your Tesla, so to speak? What well, would mm-hmm. fill up your car?
2: Other it- than an hour of my time every single day. But go ahead.
1: It takes – well, it, uh, I think it's all night, he said. But I think he said – he showed me the phone. It was like he spent like 55 bucks for the week of – Charging gas, charging would, yeah, ca- you know. So I'm thinking, like, that does, that sounds about right. For, like, if you have a small car, you could easily do that, right? Yeah, like 55 bucks for a week on, on a small car. So we, I'm like, are you really saving money now on a Tesla? Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. But he also,
1: he had to put the order in October of last year, and they just got the car.
2: Yeah. Speaking of Teslas, I was up in Temecula like a week ago picking up some remaining items from or dropping off some remaining items from a wedding that I had. And I pulled into this gas station, you know, here I pull in, I get my gas and I get in my car and I go up to the little convenience store. I walk in, I get a soda and I get back to my car and there's these cars like Tesla's and other, I don't know. I call them plug-ins, Like,
1: yeah. You know, yeah.
2: Yeah. Little toy cars, <laughs> <laughs> toy cars. <laughs> <laughs> remote control cars. They were all uh, plugged in over there. And like the people are just like standing there. Cause it's like, your car is charging so you can't be sitting there running your car you know charging your phone and everything your car needs to be off so that it can charge otherwise it does? does it well otherwise it's counterproductive i mean it's like charging your phone while sitting there and watching videos it's like barely keeping up it's not really well doing there's
1: that. you kind of are but you are actually uh probably making more power like Powers going to the phone. You're faster. saying
2: probably you really don't know. Hey, you're just forecasting hey, hey, it. I'm,
1: I'm no Steve Jobs, but um, so, wh- you mean Elon Musk? Whatever.
2: <laughs> Steve Jobs. So, all right, Tesla. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call you from now on.
1: Big T. I'll be confused the big. You know,
2: <laughs> you're, you're on a roll today. So, if everybody's listening, this is the most like haphazard this this explains how our weekend has been we've just been here and there and everywhere And
1: tomorrow is monday it's tomorrow monday as you hear this yes. so happy monday but to you finish
2: you were talking about your tesla oh so i'm saying you're just arguing with me but go ahead
1: argue with you i'm just saying contradicting things, me saying things differently so.
2: <laughs> contradicting me go ahead so i
1: think you do actually are charging faster than you're drawing the power off the battery right
2: you, but you shouldn't be drawing power off the battery if the whole purpose is sitting there and trying to charge it so you get back on the road so people right, shouldn't but they do be have, just like sitting there they
1: do have Charging though, they have these charging stations that you pay for. They can do it like fifteen minutes, like eighty percent of your battery, like fifteen minutes.
2: Well, then why don't people install those at their houses?
1: Probably because it costs more than the car. I'm guessing. I don't know. I know the one they give you. It's not like the. It's not like a little iPhone thing you put on your. It's wall. not. Oh yeah, it's exactly what it. Is. It's like an <laughs> iPhone charger. You plug it right into your car. It's exactly what it is. It takes like ten years to charge it on that little thing. No, they got a whole inverter kit you buy. It's like a whole like generator kit toy thing you gotta plug into your wallet
2: exactly for your toy car, <laughs> toy car.
1: <laughs> yes for your toy car
2: well yeah. you know in other news from this week we had an important date pass but the two of us were so busy with our week that we didn't even get to commemorate it so we're going to do it now today's june 12th do you know what happened three days ago
1: <sighs> we
2: had interview no, you, we went through the same thing last week where you forgot oh, what it Oh, it's was. our date
1: anniversary, baby.
2: I know, and we didn't even do anything to commemorate it. We're old. Uh, well, happy four years together. Forty years together, you said? I said four years uh, together. Yes, four Maybe years Maybe it felt together. like 40 to you. Mm. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Mr. Smith. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, fantastic fantastic fantastic
2: well i mean can you believe that we've been together for four years i can you can really you will tell me more
1: because when i flip my phone sends me the memories on my phone on google photos it sends me like flashback memories like mm-hmm. hey check these memories out from like four years ago and i'm like oh yeah Christine was in my life back then
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's how i know Aww, what's your one of your favorite memories of us together
1: the memory when you actually met my parents for the first time
2: <laughs> is it because of the stingray
1: the stingray and i was stung and bleeding and it was uh is
2: that the favorite memory or is it just because i met them
1: it was my favorite memory because i had like it was
2: <laughs> your favorite memory is <laughs> full of pain if that doesn't tell you so much about my husband ladies and gentlemen but you were so nice world. and
1: you were so kind my mom was like oh my gosh chris get over it you just had a stingray you know i was bleeding i had to call a paramedic and they had a ambulance me over. I could do a Baywatch thing all the way over to the lifeguard tower. I know. I
2: still think you were just doing that for the Pamela Anderson moment. There was no Pamela Anderson. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed.
1: You know, I, I, I put a strongly worded letter to the uh, <laughs> <laughs> lifeguard department. You're
2: like, I I did not pay to have these guys rescue me. Where's I, my Baywatch babe?
1: <laughs> I know. I know. But that's
2: literally your favorite memory.
1: No. Well, it's like, well not my favorite memory. But it's like, it's like the memory that sticks to my mind.
2: Almost the four year anniversary of that. Well, coming up on our, well, since we've passed our four year date anniversary, that means that we are coming up in August to our three year podcast (gasps) anniversary.
1: Wow, we're like grizzled vets over here. Three three years of podcasting. You know, surprisingly, a lot of people don't even make it past seven episodes, which is sad
2: to see. I know, because the seventh episode is the typical level at which you start to experience pod fade, which is like, I'll put it off next
1: week. And then, you know, Joe's, Joe's can't make it tonight. And, We'll do it the week after that. And then eventually, it just never happens.
2: And you know what? I think that by episode seven, we were like, okay, we're in this thing. Because episode five, before that, was when you proposed. Episode six, we announced our engagement. So we had to keep running with it.
1: Amen, sister.
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, let the good times roll. So anything else happen for you this week?
1: We've had a lot of guests come on the show in the mm-hmm. last week. We've actually had almost recent guests, the one we're going to have on today. Join is gonna be joining us from a boat off the coast of
2: France. Yes, he is, and we had some fantastic times talking with him, and we're gonna be back with him right after this.
1: Hey, thank you so much for being a loyal listener of the Chris and Christine show. And as that you are a loyal listener, we have a very fun opportunity for you to get involved with the show. Ooh. Tell me more. If you like to get exclusive content you can't get anywhere else, and to receive free merchandise shipped to you every single month.
2: Ooh, I want that.
1: Then head over to Patreon.com slash the Chris and Christine Show. That is Patreon.com slash the Chris and Christine Show.
2: And welcome back everybody. Today we have another fantastic VIP guest on the show. He is a life. And relationship coach, welcome to the show, Liam Naden.
0: Hi, Chris and Christine, and whoever the audience there was, thank you for the welcome. Oh, uh-huh. uh, we looking bring them in just for
1: you. Here. We just bring them in just for you, Liam.
0: Thanks, yeah. for, thanks for being here oh, today, buddy.
2: The crowd was <laughs> going wild.
0: Already, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I haven't said anything yet. That's uh, That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's your day going, buddy? Oh, very nice, thank you. Yes, just in, enjoying a, a quiet evening.
2: Well, that sounds lovely. To some nice people. Oh well, where in the world are you coming to us from today?
0: I'm in France. France, oh, huh? Like, okay. Mm. Uh, do you have any French fries or <laughs> French toast? <laughs> no, not France. on me at the moment. <laughs> I'm actually in in the Champagne region, um, and I haven't got any champagne either. So I'm sorry I can't help you there. Oh, oh goodness. Man.
2: Now, do you live in France, or are you just traveling to that area?
0: Uh, I'm sort of, uh, well, both really. I live on a boat, so we we just spend our time traveling. We're going through the through Europe at the moment, through all the canals and and rivers of France, the Netherlands, Belgium. Yeah. Okay, I need around.
2: to know. I need to know more about this. You live on a boat. What kind of a boat is it?
0: Uh, it's a twelve meter motorboat, a canal cruiser. That we bought last year.
2: And does it have like a bedroom in it, or do it
0: has to? I would think uh,
2: you don't know. They could dock and go and stay at different (laughs) places.
0: No, it's very roomy. It's got two separate cabins and two bathrooms and nice big kitchen, living area, lots of outdoor space. So I
1: I take it you know how to
0: sail, I guess, and
1: boating and all that
2: stuff, right? He said it's a motorboat, not a sailboat,
0: but still, right. Very different. Yeah, we we had a sailboat before that and we've been we've really been living on boats for about seven years now. So
1: wow, look at you. Do you you get like uh seasickness at all or land sickness or
0: whatever? Um if I'm on land a bit too much sometimes. No. No. No, 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 it's it's good.
2: Well what triggered this what triggered this decision in life to go from living in a traditional home to living in the world's canals and rivers?
0: Well, when my partner and I got together about 12 years ago, we both really were coming back from starting pretty well with nothing. Part of my story was I lost everything. So we were rebuilding our life, and we thought we wanted to work online and do work online. We thought we don't actually really need to live anywhere. So that really prompted the decision to not live anywhere. And We started off doing house sitting for a couple of years back in New Zealand, where I'm from, Okay. And uh, then we lived in a motorhome for about 18 months, and then we just took a suitcase and a one-way ticket to Europe and uh, then bought a boat.
2: Well, that sounds Very really easy. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so what? how many countries have you, I, I was going to say, motored to or floated to? <laughs> how many countries have you been to with your boat?
0: Uh, fifteen, I think, at last count. Whoa, what? fifteen.
2: What's your favorite so far?
0: Uh, well, they're all different, but Italy would probably be – close to the top and my partner's from Denmark and that that'd be probably our two favorites would be Italy and Denmark but they're all different and they're all they're all very different and they're all so basically do you sail
1: sail mostly or I guess boat
0: mostly around the Mediterranean yeah we have been right around the Mediterranean um but with this boat we're we're really sticking to northern Europe okay nice yeah
2: now when you went to Italy did you get to go into the canals of Venice
0: not on this boat, no, but um okay we, we on our sailboat, we sailed all around Italy, but uh, but but you know, yes, we've been to Venice a few times, but and been on the canals, but not in our own boat you, your
1: passport must be just stamped
0: out, right, man, <laughs> well, both of us are Europeans, so we don't actually you know the nature of Europe, you don't oh. sort of have to stamp in and out, which makes it very good. Oh,
2: I guess <laughs> See, this sense. is how naive we are. We don't even think of those types of things. Right. <laughs> so that sounds like quite the adventurous life. And so would you call yourselves digital nomads?
0: Yeah, I guess that's one way of putting it. Yeah. <clears throat> work online.
2: That's wonderful. Ooh. So
0: I guess it requires a very good internet connection. Right? <laughs> I would hope so. Most of the time, yeah. We have to get a bit creative sometimes, but... Uh, most of the time, it's pretty good in Europe anyway. Really?
2: That's awesome. Mm. Well, you mentioned that you had previously been in New Zealand. So are you originally from New Zealand?
0: Yes. Yes, I've lived there most of my life. Born in blue Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> what po- how old were you when you left? And how old was I? Well, that's giving things away, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, I left permanently about um, seven years ago. Oh, okay. so, so you want to know how old I am, do you? No, that's okay. I thought
1: maybe you left when you were a child or something. No, know, he
2: like. was mentioning they just left no, no. not that long ago to okay. go live in yeah. Europe. Right.
1: Okay, okay, gotcha. I'm yeah. following along.
2: Now, you mentioned, Liam, that part of your story was coming back from having nothing. I was reading in your bio, you have quite the journey that you've gone through to get to where you are today. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that journey back up from... Basically, losing everything,
0: sure, which part of it would you like to know? what do you before well, then or uh
2: yeah, just you talked about rebuilding your life. What happened that led to you needing to rebuild your life?
0: Oh, okay, well, I mean basically, for most of my adult life and probably part of my childhood, I've been a sort of an entrepreneurial type, and I've had eighteen different businesses actually in my life. I counted them up the other day and um so I've always wanted to achieve success, if you like. And not only have I studied all sorts of aspects of success and, and applied them, but, I, you know, I was pretty successful. I built up a number of assets and had, you know, homes and businesses. But, yeah, I, I got to my mid-40s and, and something happened that meant I did lose everything. And I had to, up, you know, with, with the clothes on my back, literally, just move into my elderly mother's small apartment and sleep on the sofa in her living room. And that was me. So, so what, what happened? I mean,
1: what was the big event that happened that triggered that?
0: Uh, well, it was a combination of things, really, bad business and personal decisions that all sort of came to a head. Right. But of course, what I learned from that experience was what's really enabled me to do what I'm doing now. And like all, all cat- catastrophes, they are actually learning experiences. So you know, And you can benefit from them. And I certainly have. And that's really the basis of what I'm doing now. And and sharing with others and helping others really to avoid what I had to go through to learn, you know, that sort of the the big lesson of how you're really supposed to live your life.
2: You bring up a really good point. Chris and I have been having a lot of conversations around this because he recently had a very close work friend um, lose his position. He was terminated. And, you know, there's so many people right now that are out of work or trying to make career transitions, especially in the kind of tail end of the pandemic. And he was thinking, well, gosh, we've got to do something to try and inspire people. Because when you get that deep down into the pit, um, your mind can really start to play tricks on you where you think that you're worthless or that you don't have any value to add to the world. So what was it for you that helped you pick yourself back up after you lost everything?
0: Well, funnily enough, it's really the opposite to what most people would think it was. And again, my teaching these days and sharing with people about who we are and how we work um, is quite the opposite to what people think. So instead of getting all stressed, well, I did get stressed and I did get very you know, worried and upset because not only had I lost everything, I didn't have any idea on what to do to get myself out of the situation. So I lost my businesses. So I had no clue on how to earn money or or what to do, and I guess what you're referring to is you know people that you know or know of. That is the situation that m- many people are in. That they they just don't know what to do, and they be- they become very low and stressed and depressed about it. But what actually happened to me, apart from all of those things, was I just gave up, and I said, you know, I because I'd, I'd studied success, motivation, goal setting. Changing your beliefs and positive mm-hmm. thinking and all of those things. I'd studied that all my life and I've become quite an expert on a lot of that, but none of that seemed to work. So, so, in the end, what I did was I just gave up and I said, You know, I don't know what to do. I literally have no clue what to do to get myself out of this mess. And what I didn't realize at the time, but I realized in hindsight because I've really researched this quite a lot and it's the basis of what I'm the, the coaching I'm doing now. What I didn't realize is that when you actually give up and you stop trying to look for an answer, well, and you stop trying to struggle to, to look for an answer, what ha- happens in your brain is that you actually switch gears and you start, your brain is, starts operating in a different way and you find that the answers will find you. And I know that sounds very sort of nice or unrealistic to people who are really stressed and really dealing with big problems. But that's what I do these days is ex- help explain to people and get them to understand what your brain is, how your brain actually works, and how it's actually designed to bring you the solutions to problems.
2: You know, what actually. But most of
0: the time, we're doing it the wrong way, and that's why we don't get the solutions to problems. That and that's actually, what happened to me.
2: It makes a lot of sense yeah. to me, though, Liam, because when I think about it, um, when I, not related to work, but my friends that have been, let's take dating, for example, they've been dating and like looking for that right partner. And when they finally kind of give up and they just stop searching and they work on themselves and they take the time to invest in who they are, that that person ends up for the most part, like coming into their life. And it's, you know, people will say, you came along when I wasn't even looking for you. And so I think that that makes a lot of sense professionally that when people kind of get to that pit and kind of give up, it's almost signaling like, okay, to the universe, I've done everything that I can, and I don't know what else to do now. I'm ready. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that you are a coach. So what is it that you you do in terms of life and relationships related to Helping people get out of that, you know, giving up or just kind of being at yeah. ground zero?
0: Well, essentially, what I see my role as is helping people to understand how to solve the problems in their life and to start living the life they really want to live rather than just being on a roller coaster of, of struggle and stress. So, I started off um, about a decade ago now um, doing marriage and relationship coaching and particularly helping people who were were really facing major crises in their marriage, often when they're on the brink of divorce. And many of the people that I coach, I, I have coaching programs that I that I still you know, am heavily involved in today um, that help people who are on the brink of divorce to to really heal that marriage or that relationship. But one thing I noticed, and I still notice, but one thing that puzzled me was why some people were able to get results and other people weren't. And I, I looked at it and thought, what is the difference between people who succeed in reaching their goals or solving their problems and the people who don't? And I thought, it's not about motivation, because everybody who I've coached who comes to me is very motivated to solve their problem. Mm-hmm. It's also not about information, because all of the information in my coaching programs, it's very effective for for most situations for relationships, and yet some people with the same information were able to make it work and other others weren't. And it wasn't a question of prayer or religion or anything like that, because some people prayed and they achieved their goals and and others didn't. So that really led me to a broader, um, expanding my coaching and teaching into a broader area of, well, how do we in general get the results we do? Because if I can help people figure out how to heal their marriage, by, use, by working out how you solve problems and how you actually solve problems, then I can help people solve any problem in their life. And that's okay. what I've really expanded it out into.
1: Right. So um, what would be an example of a problem that uh, somebody would come to you for coaching on, like a personal problem?
0: Well, one of the biggest ones is, you know, my husband or my wife wants a divorce. What do I do? I don't want a divorce, what do I do? Right. so It's probably one of the biggest problems that many people would say they face in their life, I guess.
2: So then how do you start to approach that if like, one partner is wanting out and one doesn't? Do they come to you as a couple or are you helping an individual typically?
0: Nearly always it's an individual. And what people need to realize, if we're talking about that specific problem, And this is what I have a seven day and a 30 day coaching program that leads people through this whole process. But I suppose essentially, if we're talking specifically about a marriage, what people need to realize if your husband or your wife wants a divorce, quite simply, it's because they don't enjoy being around you. So, and that sounds obvious, but you need to figure out what is it about what you do that they don't enjoy being around. And a good example of that is, you know, say you're, Husband or your wife came to you and, and said they wanted a divorce. That you know the marriage was over. They'd met someone else, or they just were tired of it, or they weren't getting on. Most people's reaction is to get really upset and to try and talk their husband or their wife out of it, and to try to get them to go along to counselling and say, "No, let's work on our marriage." And they try to involve them in lots of discussion and say, "You know, let's look at all the problems in our relationship and let's 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 fix the problems." And I'm committed to this marriage, and I'm—I know we can make it work. Now, all of those things are all the wrong things to do when your husband or your wife wants a divorce, and when they tell you that they want to end the relationship.
2: And why is that, because, Liam?
0: Well, not one of those things makes the other person feel any better about you or about the relationship. If you get upset, if you don't listen to them, if you—if you don't accept that they, that they want to leave, if you want to work on it and 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 create all of the stress and drama when they when they've simply told you that they want to leave then you're not making them feel any better about you
2: so Liam why is it that the trying to convince your partner is just not the best
0: approach well when you try and change your partner's mind what you're really the message you're sending them is i don't respect your decision and your feelings and the way you Feel about things, and who likes to be disrespected in a relationship? You know, you you don't want someone to to say to you, "I'm not listening to what you're saying. I don't. I'm not interested in what you want. I'm only interested in what I want." And you say you want a divorce, and I don't, so I'm not going to respect your decision. So it immediately, you. you, I'm sure you understand where I'm coming from, but it immediately sort of um, makes the other person feel unappreciated or undisrespected.
2: Totally. Yeah, I can see that 100%. Both Chris and I were married previously and went through divorces and I remember when I was going through mine, my previous spouse was being unfaithful and continued to be and when I said, you know, I am um, I I need to leave this situation, it came back to you're not giving me enough chances, why are you giving up? This is unfair. Um, You should be sticking it out with me. And in that moment, I as an individual felt like it wasn't being validated, the impact of the infidelity on me and how much I had given. And again, like you're saying, not being seen and things like that. And so um, I know that I had a lot of guilt stepping away from that relationship. But at some point, when that's kind of the final response to it, you just – you're like, I'm tapped out. And we were even in therapy and things like that. And it was still trying to convince me to give more chances versus validating the difficulty that I'd been through. Sounds like you and I would have had a really good conversation and maybe you and my former spouse would have. But um, yeah, it's very (laughs) Mm. interesting what you're saying.
0: Yes, and this is really the basis of my coaching programs is to get people to start doing the things that make you more attractive to the other person. The person you're married to, rather than less attractive, but you have to figure out what those things are, and you have to start doing them. Now, and do you mean really, like physically
2: attractive, or do you mean like
0: in well, terms emotionally of emotionally? Maybe right. Yeah, in every in every way. I mean, when you when people first get together, what do they do? Do they find fault with the other person? Want to talk about problems? Criticize? Try to change the other person's mind, or or are they looking at the other person and saying? I think you're the most amazing person I've ever met.
1: Well, you don't quite know the person 100% yet. You're kind of like still learning, right, at that point?
0: Well, the funny thing about great relationships, I've written a book called Real Intimacy, The Nine Habits of Great Relationships. And in that book, what I've done is I really analyse the difference between people who have great relationships and the vast majority of people who sort of have, you know, okay ones at best. <clears throat> I did a lot of study, really through observation, a lot of it. And one of the things that people in great relationships have is they're always learning new things about the other person. They never say they know them because when you say you know somebody, you give up being curious. You give up sharing new ideas and thoughts and feelings and, and, and discussing things. And, you know, it's a, it's a lifelong journey learning about someone else that you're in a relationship with in particular so that's one way of keeping your relationship fresh as you're continually exploring new ideas with the other person and seeing their reaction to things and your reaction to things.
2: That makes a lot of sense because I know that people can say that their relationship has gotten into a rut, that mm. quote unquote into a rut or... um we don't have anything new to talk about. And, you know, I think in my relationship with Chris, I laugh because he's always talking to me about like non-stop talking to me about this new idea and that new idea. Sometimes that's exhausting. But
1: whatever. But on the it's flip side. You know? But on
2: the flip side, there's people that are like, um, we don't have anything to talk about. I used to be a a server at a restaurant and I would be helping different couples and you know, you'd walk over to a table to a couple that's been married for a while, obviously on a date night, and they're just like silent the entire time or looking at their phones. And I'm always like, reconnect, please find something mm. interesting in each other. Keep it fresh. Because I just think that that's so important in relationships.
0: Well, the thing is, your marriage is not boring. You are boring. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not you. But if someone says our marriage is boring, no, your marriage is not boring. You are boring. So, the key is, and the key to really all my work is you've got to not work on when it comes to relationships, which we're talking about specifically. You you don't need to put the work on the relationship, you need to put the work on into yourself. You're the problem, not the relationship. Interesting. So, and when people in my coaching programs, there's a lot of focus on yourself and how you react to things, how you see things, and more fundamentally, what is going on in your subconscious, or in your belief system, or in your brain, which is really the, the bigger focus of what I coach people on now? What's going on in your brain that's making you act in this this uh, disempowered, boring way, or whatever way you are that is not contributing to the growth of your relationship, your do marriage?
1: You think that has something to do with like your inner self, like you feel like your self worth isn't very good, so you kind of start to kind of like. I don't know. Well,
0: this was the thing. Yeah, When I started to, as I say, when I analyzed what I had done to turn my life around in a much better way, and when I also looked at the people I was working with where some were getting success and others weren't, what I realized is one key fundamental thing that's driving people's life that creates success or failure, if you like, in every area, including their marriage, and that is fear. Oh, yeah. And if you have... And this is to do with how the brain works. And this is why I've, I've developed a lot more of research and study and coaching on the brain because the, how, you, how you use your brain is going to determine what you get in your life in every area. And the problem is 99% of people are using their brain the wrong way and that's why they end up with problems because our brain is actually designed to protect us from problems biologically. So it's simply a sign that you're using the brain your brain the wrong way if you've got problems in your life and once you start to use it the right way you'd be amazed what happens to the problems so can you most um, people can you
2: elaborate on that like using your brain the right versus the wrong way because i don't quite understand what that means like can you help me have a little bit of better context
0: sure well i can give you the mini (laughs) the mini version of this but this is really the wider area of my work and i have a whole podcast called using your brain for success and a coaching program called Rebalance Your Brain for Success. And I've developed a process called NeuroState Rebalancing, which is all about using your brain the right way. But here's the thing about your brain that, that everyone has overlooked, everyone's forgotten about. You have between your ears the most powerful computer machine that exists in the universe. It's, it's got the computer power of 500 trillion microprocessors. It's just infinitely powerful. We don't realize this. We've got a 100 billion of these cells called neuron cells, which are all about intelligence. And each one of those has 5,000 potential connections with other cells. And we've been given this brain for one purpose. It's the machine that we've been given biologically to help us survive and thrive. And what thrive means is to be the best that you can be, which means the happiest that you can be. So your brain is an infinitely powerful machine that is, that is designed to bring you the perfect life. Because when, you ha- when you're the best you can be, that gives you the best chance for survival. And that's what you're here biologically to do, is to survive and, and try and survive the best you can. Your brain is programmed to do that. Well, of course, so being the best you can be also means the best mentally and spiritually, not just physically. So your brain is designed to make you happy put very simply. Okay. So if you've got problems in your life, you're not being happy. So that's, that's, the brain is like any machine. If you use it the wrong way, you're going to end up with problems. It's not going to work properly. So your natural state is to live without problems. And I know that sounds a really big <laughs> concept to swallow and people are probably listening and saying, well, that's a load of rubbish problems and natural problems and normal problems are good. But none of those things are actually true. And in actual fact, if you look at it from a purely biological point of view, problems not only aren't good, but they're not a natural thing that we're designed to have. Our brain is not programmed to bring us problems when it's used correctly. And I certainly found that when I started to use my brain in a different way. I didn't realize all this at that time, but I sort of back-engineered it. I was able to create a life that was quite different, that didn't have problems, that didn't have stress. You know, sure, I had to put in effort and things didn't always turn out as I expected them, but things were a lot easier for me and for the people I've worked with This, when they see things in a different way and they start using their brain a different way. And the reason for this, I can explain, if we accept that the brain is biologically designed to give you the best life possible so that you survive and thrive, which means being happy, which means not having problems... Then all you have to figure out is okay. So why have I got problems? What am I doing wrong? Well, here's the way the brain works. It's actually, and I have got a whole coaching program about this. So um, tell me if I'm if this isn't making sense because I'm trying to condense it into a few yeah, sentences. But
2: I just I have a question before you hop into that, Liam. So as you were talking about like our brains aren't designed to have problems. One of the things that I've wondered about. Um, Chris, I'm going to use us as an example. And well, we, you always do. But I know it's okay. I always love to use this as an, as an example. So we approach problems in very different ways. I see. I don't see them as problems, just as like situations to navigate around. And uh, when Chris encounters problems, honey, how do you respond?
1: When I encounter problems, uh-huh. well, first off, I try to fix them. You know, my, I was going to fix it mode. That's how I look at like, okay, how can we fix this to get back on track? To and if
2: you can't fix it, what
1: we're doing, what?
2: And if you can't fix it, how do you respond? I get mad, like very mad. I get very and it angry. kind of preoccupies you, right? Yeah,
1: well, that's how I work. You know, I get fixated on something until I fix it.
2: Yeah. So if you were to take us as an example, like what would be an appropriate way to respond to those challenges that come into our life every single day?
0: Well, at a fundamental level, there's there's two ways of approaching it. I could give you the quick quick fix sort of idea, um, which wouldn't be the correct one, or I could give you the underlying reason why you're both operating like that. And I think this is what I is far more effective: is to understand why you're reacting to problems in that way. <clears throat> and it all comes down to awareness, because here's the thing: your brain your, is designed to make you live in the state of full awareness where you can see the big picture of things you can see the truth about your situation and part of that means you can see what real problems are and what problems aren't and the the beautiful part about when you start operating the way your brain's supposed to a lot of the things that you think are problems you have it because you have a different awareness a greater awareness of who you are things that appeared as problems before <clears throat> no longer appear to be problems and that's one of the one of the fastest way to get rid of your problems is to realize that most of them aren't problems. So the reason for that is because we have this mental state. It's called our parasympathetic nervous system that's activated when we feel good. And that's the way we're supposed to feel all the time. And that's, that's when we can access things like our intuition, gut feeling, our imagination, our motivation. All of those things, all of those creative things come from this, this state when, when we activate our parasympathetic, parasympathetic do, nervous system when we feel good.
1: Liam, do some drugs trigger that, are designed to trigger that state?
0: Well, they can do, but the problem, is, problem with drugs is that they have side effects and, the, and um, also the, the effect is quite temporary. But this is actually our natural state. It's the way we're supposed to live most of the time. You don't actually need drugs to, to feel this way what you need to do is to get your brain working in a particular way so that it, it activates the state most of the time. Because science also has a word for this, and it's called homeostasis. It's when the organism, not just humans, when every living thing is in a state of homeostasis, it's performing perfectly. Everything about that, that body is, is at its best. So from a human point of view, you're physically, you know, your, all your organs are performing, doing their job, And mentally and emotionally, you're feeling good as well. So you're being creative, you're being productive, you're being resourceful, you're coming up with good ideas, you're seeing opportunities. All of those things happen in that state. And that is the state we're supposed to live in biologically most of the time. Nice. I like that state.
2: Yeah, the homeostasis. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely sounds like a great place to be. So when your client's reach out to you to work with you for coaching. You mentioned a seven-day and a 30-day type of program, but do you have clients that you work with longer than just one month where you're supporting them in an ongoing manner?
0: Yes, I do private coaching as well. But what I find was the reason I created these programs is because they're not really just seven or 30 days. They're can Can be used for as long as people like, and one of the the beauties of their audio programs, so the beauty is people can listen to an audio um lesson if you like, and then they can listen to it over and over again until they get the message or they hear different things or they understand it because one of the problems with personal one on one coaching is or counseling or whatever. You know, you go along and you listen to someone and you have a conversation. You come out and you think, oops, uh, I can't remember what they actually said.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. I have that the,
0: problem all the time. I always forget everything. I have to write <laughs> everything down while I
1: play things yeah. over and over again. I hear what you're saying, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's why I've created these programs. I've got several on relationships. <clears throat> and um, the main one on, on the, way this, the way your brain works, uh, that's a 10-lesson that's a 10, 10 program as well. That sounds, yes, I do. I yeah. do coaching, personal coaching. But um, it's. I find it. People find it more effective when they can listen to what I'm really saying, and they can listen to it over and over again to, and get it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like. re- I can relate to that. So it's for me, it's like the example of I have a favorite show that I like to watch, and sometimes I'll watch it three or four or five times, and every time I watch it, I'll get like an inside joke that I didn't hear before. I'll notice something in the background. I'll make a connection with a previous episode, and I feel like there's power in repetition with lots of different uh, components of life, and so I could see how that would be of really great benefit where people can just, like, listen over and over again. And Chris, you do that with some podcasts, too, right? Well.
1: I actually do it with our podcast a lot just to make sure I didn't screw up and I'm making sure everything is sounding great. It's more like a fact-checking kind of thing or a sound-checking.
2: But there's power in repetition because you're finding out more information or you're learning new things. And so I could see how Mm. that's super powerful, Liam. Uh, Do you Mm. only work with individuals that are based in Europe or do you have a global reach?
0: Um, Yes, anywhere in the world because they're online. People can – be anywhere and I, I certainly have people from all over the world. Definitely. That sounds
2: amazing. And so where where are you going next when it comes to your coaching? You mentioned that you have some new resources that are getting to that are getting ready to come out.
0: Did i? <laughs> okay. Well, really the um my, my the focus of my work a bit that i'm working on uh, more now is to do with how your brain works and through my process called neurostate rebalancing to get your brain working the right way because there's something I'd really like to say and this is probably the most important thing message I'd like to pass on to your listeners. We talked about this this natural the state of where you're being creative, you don't have problems, you can see the big picture, you can see what to do in every situation, you're making good decisions, you're not making you're avoiding making bad decisions, you're getting gut feeling ideas and you're motivated to act on them. What's stopping us from living in that state all the time? And the thing that's stopping you from living in that state all the time is fear, worry, and anxiety. Because what happens to your brain when you feel fear, worry, or anxiety, in other words, when you've got a problem and you're trying to fix it and you're worried about it, you you don't activate your parasympathetic nervous system, you activate your sympathetic nervous system, and that completely changes the way your brain works, and it blocks out all of your access to the parts of your brain that are responsible for your creativity, your bigger awareness, your intuition, your imagination, your creativity—all of those things you literally block access to when you're in a fearful, worried, anxious state. And this is a biological; it has a biological reason why we do that, which I probably don't have time to explain. But the most important thing to realise is you can- that is why you cannot solve problems. When you're worried anxious and afraid interesting. and this is the opposite to what people think they think oh, i need to focus hard on a problem and i need and if i can figure this and i've got to really work to figure it out and i've got to get some more information and i'm going to really try hard and struggle all of those things actually block you from solving the problem the it's really weird of, isn't the fear it? of it huh it's it's what it's because in your brain you've blocked off physically the resourceful part of your brain that will solve your problems. And that's what I did when I when I lost everything is I turned my problem, which is what do I do next, over to my creative brain by giving up and no longer being fearful, worried, or anxious and thought, you know, I don't know. I give up. And that's when the answers can come.
1: Well uh, Liam, so um w- w- the people like myself who are always very creative I always have a creativity, like I'm always very creative, you know, I'm always thinking of new ways to create things. Um. what says about that? Because I'm always thinking that I'm very creative and some people I meet at work, they couldn't create a stick figure, you know, if they tried. So it seemed very dull and boring. What make, What's the difference between, between us?
0: Well, the, the simple matter is everybody's creative. Your brain is an infinite machine. Your, your brain can do more in one second than the, the most powerful supercomputer on the in the world can do in 40 minutes. You have infinite resources, but, but the way you're... Using it, I mean, not everybody has the same creativity, but everybody's creative in their own way. Because here's the other thing about the brain. There's another part of us called DNA. I don't know if you've heard of DNA. I'm sure you have. Yes, we have. Right, it's I my pets with <laughs> DNA. <laughs> what DNA is, it's, it's a, a, a sequence of molecules that's in every cell of your body. And you have 75 trillion cells, and in each cell, if you were to stretch out this DNA – it will be four feet long. So in other words, all of the DNA in your body, if you were to stretch it out, would would stretch more than 50 million miles, which is from here to Mars. And what that DNA is, each cell of your body, each strand of this DNA contains 250 million pieces of information about you. This is your blueprint for who you are. And your brain's job is to express the blueprint of who you are. And it will do that naturally. So everybody is unique. Everybody is different. Everybody has their own 250 million piece blueprint. So when people say, well, I'm not creative, what they're really saying is by someone else's measure, I'm not creative. But if I let my brain by being in my natural state express the greatness of who I am or express the this blueprint of who I am, then they're going to be the best version of themselves, And who knows what that will look like because everybody's different. But they won't be living a life of stress, worry, fear, being unproductive. They'll be expressing the best of who they are. Their brain is sit- sitting there waiting to try and do it for you and, and say, it's saying, look, can you please get out of the way? Let me do my job.
2: That makes so you know. much sense, Liam. And one of the things that you said a few minutes ago really stuck with me. You talked about when people are trying to fixate on their problems and solve them, that it's actually counterproductive to them solving that problem. So, yeah. uh, so Chris, again, I Just, use us as an example. So you had mentioned a few minutes ago that when you encounter a problem, you fix on it and try and try and fix it, and then you tend to get more frustrated and, the and next, angry. And next
1: thing I know, it's like I'm late for something and <laughs> I'm fr- more frustrated because I spent all my time fixating on trying to fix the said problem.
2: And so, what you normally do when I see you getting most creative is like you're sitting around drinking coffee, and or you're in the shower, and you tell me. Yeah, it's like, always the shower. Yeah, the, the
1: shower is my most creative spot. I don't know why that is. Why is that, Liam? Why is for me personally? Why do I always come up with the best ideas in the shower?
0: Well, actually, I'm, I'm not quite familiar. I can't quite remember, but there has been research done on that, which shows there's a particular um, brain waves are created when you're around water or when oh. you're in water. But I was also reading some research recently of a university in in London, which which found that when you try and solve a problem, when you fix fixate on trying to solve a problem, particularly when you add anxiety into the mix, your brain actually produces an excess of a, of a, something called gamma waves. And when you produce gamma waves, you do what exactly? This is all part of the blocking off of your creative process, and you block off the problem-solving part of your brain. So this happens on a physical level. People think it's about motivation and having to get more information and learn and and struggle and, and overcome great adversity and great problems. That's not how we work at all. That's very limited. If you try and use your thinking brain, if you try and think your way out of a problem, you'll never do it because your thinking brain is not the part of your brain that's designed to solve problems.
1: It's not. I know it not sounds they ta- they counterintuitive.
0: Us, yeah, they taught us just the opposite in school, if I remember. So use your brain, dummy. Come on now. It taught me all the time. Well, and look at uh, how many people do you think in the world are actually getting the results they want in their life as a percentage. Well, only Christine over here. I don't know.
2: <laughs> now, That's say, we've, oh,
0: we've all been led, led. We've never been taught how our brain works. We've been taught how to drive a car, how to, how to use a computer, how to operate a vacuum cleaner, any other machine you name, we've been taught, well, it has a specific function, it works a certain way, and you need to learn how to use it before you can use it effectively. But the most powerful machine that's ever been created, our brain, no one's ever told us how to use that. No one's told us about the four different parts of our brain, and they all have different functions, and you have to use them in different ways. Who's ever told us that? Right. Push the head. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Now, Liam, for our listeners that have heard about your approach to this neurostate state rebalancing um, and your approach to life and relationship coaching, where can they find out more about you and your services if they are thinking that this would be a good fit for them?
0: Well, everything's on my website, which is liamnaden.com. And um, I've got two podcasts there. One is called Growing in Love for Life, which is all about relationships and marriage and all the different problems and opportunities, if you like. And the other one is called Using Your Brain for Success, where I go into a lot more detail explaining how your brain works and how to use it in a way that gets you what you want in your life rather than what you don't want. So all the information's okay, there and also all my coaching programs are there as well
2: wonderful. Well, Liam, we appreciate so much you sharing your insight about life and relationship coaching and problem solving and getting your brain into the ideal state. Do you have any last words of advice for our listeners?
0: Just to, I, I think the the main message I'm trying to convey is once you start to understand who you are and how you, what how your brain actually works, that's when you're really going to Get good results in your life, or get the results you really want. You know, you've got to start to learn about who you are. And no one's ever told us. We just th- we think we're this sort of I don't know, fairly ineffective think- person that has to struggle. That's not who we are. It's not who we are biologically, let alone any in any other regard. So, th- and that's really my mission is really to help people understand who we really are as human beings, why we're here, and how we can work effectively to create the life we want.
2: Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Liam, for those words of wisdom. I know that our listeners have definitely benefited from this, and we wish you all the best as you continue to navigate all of those wonderful waterways. Happy sailing. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Or motoring, (laughs) and uh, best of luck to you.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners.
2: To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media.
1: Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter.
2: And don't forget to follow our Facebook page.
1: Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show.
2: I thought Liam was so fascinating when he was talking about how to use your brain to help you optimize your thinking to help you live the life that you always wanted to live didn't you find that super interesting
1: I do but unfortunately for me I don't use half my brain half the time you know what I'm saying
2: <laughs> no you're so funny you always say you know what I'm saying you like, know what I'm saying <laughs> what do you expect me to say to that no I don't know what you're saying well then if
1: you do that means I'm not using my brain see,
2: it's kind of it's kind of like a
1: it's like me quizzing you and me using my brain yeah like let me see if I can she knows I'm using my brain or not
2: I'm so lost right now. Is that your point? (laughs) Exactly. You're such a goofball. Yeah, it was just a a great interview and – I loved hearing about his experiences in navigating different waterways around Europe. It's so interesting. His
1: passport, although, you know, he actually. Like, he doesn't he's,
2: have the passport. Right, because like
1: he's a uh, uh, European call it? citizen. Right. Now, if you're a European citizen, does that mean like.
2: Well, he's a, a citizen of his own country, but he's a member of the European Union. So. What technically, is the European
1: Union? What is that?
2: Oh my gosh, are you kidding me right now?
1: Is it like United States, America?
2: Well, uh, no, it's. The European Union is a union of multiple countries within the continent of Europe that co- they function as I mean they have their own independent governments and everything like that but they function in a way where it's easier for people to travel between all the different countries and they're not going to have to provide their passport and go through customs and all of that stuff. Is kind that what they're
1: stuff. trying to do here in America in Canada and in, in Mexico?
2: I don't know. I, I haven't heard. That. I, I died
1: out. Canada is very strict.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's Mer- going to happen. Mexico's like
1: whatever, and America's like we'll just figure it out. You know,
2: no, it's very different over there, though. So you can't they, saying- sp- they
1: all speak different languages, though. So how do they, yeah, they do. So how do they figure that out?
2: Well, it's not like they function as one country and one people. It just means that their citizens are able to move more freely among the different countries. So because they're so close geographically
1: and they're landlocked too, there's a lot of countries that don't have like. Like, that's why I think I did hear that if you are a country, you really don't want to be landlocked and piss the countries off around you because you can't get anything to and from. Have you
2: looked at Europe lately, honey? There's not a lot of countries that are landlocked.
1: Are they, aren't they? are they all like Germany? Isn't Germany surrounded by land?
2: Uh, Yes, but that's one of the few. See? One of the few. My,
1: my point exactly.
2: <clears throat> Spain. See? it's France. It's, it's, it's Italy, f- Italy. They all have waterways around them. Denmark. Italy, Norway. Italy is a boot. Italy is a boot and it's going to give you the boot. (laughs) But there are so many countries that are not landlocked. It's just the point is like they work so closely together and so many people travel between the countries that there were so many. That's when like they went through the European Union coming all together and then they transitioned from the individual country currencies to the euro. And so now the euro is the common uh, form of payment across multiple countries in Not Europe. The, what else would it be? Uh, well, uh, so I mean, the different countries had lots of. Different- well, they had the
1: pound in uh, England, right? Right. And then, what does uh, Italy use?
2: Uh, they had the. Oh, it starts with an F. Uh, Frank. Fr- Frank. No, 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 no. But it was francs in France. It was francs in France, and then it was Deutschmarks in Germany. That's what it is. And oh, why are you lira? in italy i think Lyra. it was lira mm-hmm.
1: so will check that out That's yeah gonna be super confusing See,
2: you're like quizzing me right now i know i'm um, coming up with roses i'm i'm a rock star you're you... welcome
1: hey how's your uh, wedding business going along, baby
2: uh my wedding business is uh, coming along smashingly fabulous thank you so much
1: yeah where can we find that at
2: uh we can find it at christinesmithdesigns.com www.christinesmithdesigns.com christine with a k Uh, My books are closed for 2022, but 2023 is booking up like hotcakes. I think I like. I don't even know if that makes sense.
1: 23, yeah.
2: What? What about 20? (laughs) You're so funny. You're sitting here. You're like 23,
1: yeah. What are
2: you? What are you saying?
1: I don't. I think it's a good number. That's all. The only reason I'm saying that is because I'm looking right at a number 23 up behind me, behind you. Oh,
2: Fernando (laughs) Tatis Jr. from the Padres. Well, yeah. 2023 is booking up. Things are going great. I just feel like we've had a rough weekend, but we had a great interview. This has been a great episode. Are you ready to wrap this episode up and launch into a really fantastic week?
0: Oh,
1: bring it off, baby doll.
2: Absolutely. And so for all of you that are listening out there, we hope that you have a fantastic week. We want to cheer you on. Just remember you can tune in for some laughs over here with Chris and I every single week. And catch a new story, uh, some new details, and what else do you want to share, Chris? Well,
1: don't forget, we also have K2 Radio, which is running 24-7, baby doll, It's got music and some podcast clips of us on the radio show. And Mr.
2: Smooth Jazz over here himself, (laughs) Mr. CJ Radio. Uh, That was
1: my my college uh, radio DJ day back in the day, a long time
2: ago. Well, I'm so proud of you with launching that. So definitely hop on over. You can find K2 Radio on the Live 365 app. Tune in to Podtastic Audio with Chris or download all of our episodes here for the Chris and Christine Show Babe, you're building an empire for us. It is
1: the Chris and Christine Show Empire Network. I just love, you know, content creating. I'm a content creator kind of person. You know, I like sharing and and doing things and. You know, and then, you know, bringing joy to the world. You know, if you want to find out more about all of us and all the good joy we do, you go to the website, which is chrisandchristineshow.com. And everything that Christine just mentioned is right on over there.
2: When you were saying bringing joy to the world, I almost started with a new little jingle Joy to the world, the K2 shows come. <laughs> there you go.
1: Fantastic. Well, good thanks so
2: much for sticking around with us and for all of our funny little antics and <laughs> banter the great banter this week don't you think I think it's
1: fun, we fun. The, fantastic
2: yeah we were the fantastic banters and we will be back with you next, next week, week.